This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Spin Control episode 102, What's in a Name? In this episode, I've got the normal crafty business, a little tale for you about naming our homestead, I'm all spun up about cohesive branding, and I'm sure there'll be a little bit extra thrown in there somewhere. Of course, we will start this episode off with some updates. In updates, I've got some news on the job home front. I got a start date. I'm reporting this episode on Friday, October 26th, and on Monday, October 29th, I will return to the world of the working. Yay! I have mixed feelings. I have thoroughly enjoyed my 13-month sabbatical, and I really like the life that I've been living, right? So I'm a little sad about letting that go. For example, if I wanted to have a pajama day, I don't know when the next time I will get to have a pajama day. Does that make sense? Not that I just hung out in my pajamas all the time. I was pretty, pretty good over the last 13 months about getting up when the family gets up, getting myself ready for the day, you know, showering, making sure I always got dressed, you know, making sure I maintained that level of routine so that when I did go back to work, it wouldn't be like this huge shock to my system to have to like start getting up early and getting dressed every day, that kind of thing. So I'm pretty good on that front but it's still gonna be a dramatic change. I actually think the boy has been more stressed out about me going back to work than I am. On Monday of this week, he was such a bear, I swear to goodness. He, he was awful and I'm like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? And he says, I just feel weird. There's a lot of stress in the house with you two going to work. And I'm like, I don't think we're stressed. I think you're stressed. I'm sure come Monday morning, like I'll have butterflies in my stomach and all of that because I'm starting a new gig, but I'm not really nervous. I've worked for more than 20 years, so I get that. And, you know, it's not a dramatic change. It's kind of been coming. I've known that I've had this position for a long time. I just hadn't had a start date. So he's freaking out because, you know, all of the things that I was able to do for us in the house and all of the stuff that I was able to take care of during my day that he never had to worry about kind of made our lives a lot easier. Does that make sense? Like, I have no idea when I'm going to be able to take my daughter to a doctor's appointment because I'm just about to start a new job. I need to see an eye doctor. Don't know when I'm going to be able to do that now because I'm about to start a new job. So, yeah, those little things are stressing him out. Like, who's going to run errands? I am the one who registered all of our vehicles and, you know, set up all of our utilities and do all those things, pick things up, drop things off. Like I've always done that, run to the pharmacy, all those things. I've been doing that for the past more than a year. So the whole family's going to have to make some adjustments. You know, I did all of the housekeeping because I had the time, not so much anymore. So yeah, so that's totally stressing him out. Yeah. Starting a new job is really going to help me decide what I want to do for the rest of my life and how soon I want to be doing that, if that makes any sense. So my goal has been at a minimum to work for the next five years 
so that I could pay for my daughter's undergraduate educations. I remember leaving undergraduate and having student loan debt. And a million years ago, that student loan debt was substantially smaller than it is now, but it took me 19 years to pay it off, right? And I don't want my kids to have to deal with that. So I'm taking care of their undergraduate. They have to figure out their graduate degree or anything they do beyond that. But it's, you know, a goal. So that's how long I, minimum, I intend to work. So we'll see how that goes. But I start a job on Monday, and I will have to let you know how that goes. <laughs> All right, what else? Okay, I also got the prize package sent out to Genevieve in Austin, Texas. She got, if you recall, a handmade bag by me and a skein of yarn from 6 and 7 Fiber. And she loved them both, which is awesome. And the greatest thing happened. She sent me a handwritten thank you note in the mail. Like put a stamp on it and everything. And I was so super overjoyed to get that. It was awesome. Like cannot recall the last time I got a handwritten note. That was so cool. Thank you, Genevieve, for making my week. I know, like I got it. I got it a while ago. Like she sent it to me right away. But I wanted to mention it on the podcast and thank her publicly instead of just shooting off some cold message. <laughs> so thank you, Genevieve. I really appreciated your taking the time. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Well, it looks like that's all I've gotten updates. So I guess it's time to get this podcast started. In this edition of Spin a Tale, I've got a little story for you about naming our little homestead. Naming our farm, how did that come up? So I went to register the alpacas on the official registry. And as I was looking at the form that you would submit, there's this blank space for farm name. And I realized we don't have one. So I could have left it blank, I think, but I figured this was an opportunity for us to, you know, really solidify where we live. You know, the boy says it all the time. He absolutely loves living here. He loves the house. He loves the property. He loves it. So that's awesome. So I figured if we have this opportunity to name our little farm, that we should take it. So it's kind of like an excuse to name the farm, I guess, if, if that's a better way to present it. So we went through a bunch of stuff. We like combining nicknames for the girls. Um, there's like a million recommendations on how to name your farm, right? So you could use landscape markers that you have on your property, like Rolling Brook Farms, if you happen to have a Rolling Brook on your property, or, you know, three Aspens, if you happen to have three Aspens on your property. Using the family name, using, there's a bajillion different ways to come up with a name for your farm. The boy and I, like, we're going back and forth in text messages, listing, like, all these possibilities, and one of the things that I ended up doing was listing a couple of names that included the words forever handmade because i am a couple of places online as forever handmade that started out as my blog name and my etsy shop and i'm like well since we already have this and they're alpaca why don't we call it you know forever handmade homestead or forever handmade farms or forever handmade acres or so i listed like all these things we aren't really a homestead because we will never be self-sustaining. I, I don't garden. I won't be growing my own food. That's just really all there is to it. 
I will keep us in rhubarb because someone else planted it and it grows really well, but I don't really see us ever being self-sustaining. We don't really grow the crops to feed the animals, that kind of thing. We have three alpacas, a horse, two chickens, and a dog. That's it. So since we have some acreage, the boy decided that forever handmade acres is the way to go. So in the very near future, probably this here week, I will be registering the alpaca under our name and as located on Forever Handmade Acres. And that's all I've got in Spin a Tale. And now it is on to spinning my wheels. As with the last episode, I've gotten a lot done and gotten nothing done all at the same time. I started to feel guilty because I had said that I finished the On the Beach sweater by Isabel Kramer, but I hadn't actually blocked it, worn it, or taken pictures of it or anything for my project page on Ravelry. So I did actually get it blocked. So it is lay, it is downstairs in the craft room right now on the blocking boards, all pinned out, ready to go. I want to tell you a little bit about that experience though with blocking it. Ew, gross. Here, let me look it up. The yarn I use for that is, what is it? I'm getting there, sorry. So the yarn I used for that was Marhaven Organic Merino Rambouille Sport Weight in the colorway Light Heather. Like the yarn looks kind of cute on the comb. However, like the color seemed a little washed out to me and I'm like, oh, I thought I remember this being, you know, brighter and prettier. But it's not brighter and prettier until you soak it in a hot bath like three times. So I dropped my sweater in a hot rinse. I usually do like a 15 minute scalding hot rinse. Drop the item in, leave it in there for 15 minutes, get the excess water out and block it. So I dropped it in the first rinse and immediately the water turned this brown, cloudy, gross and disgusting color. And I was like, oh yuck. No wonder the color of this sweater seemed so washed out because it was just filled with dirt. It was so disgusting. Like I'm super surprised that it was never like rinsed, like the fiber wasn't, it, it was gross. It was dirty enough that it was like, okay, did they spin dirty fiber? They had to, they had to have spun the fiber dirty or processed and like not really processed it and just spun it. It's, it was mule spun. So I understand that there's minimal processing goes in, in, into that, but dirty, gross yuck water. <laughs> like I thought they would have at least washed it if they didn't do anything else to it, but it appears that they hadn't. It's pretty gross. Uh, Marhaven does not sell this yarn by the cone anymore. I looked it up recently, uh, but it was, it took three rinses in scalding hot water to get all the dirt and gross out. And the color of the sweater is so different from the color of the cone. So I'm really actually looking forward to seeing what the sweater looks like once it is all blocked and set. Like the yarn bloomed. It was, it's really, it's like so much prettier now that it's been rinsed. I was super excited about that. So, and it was like, it started to feel like really rough on my hands as I was knitting. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to hate this sweater. And I'm never going to wear this. This was just, you know, like an exercise in knitting <laughs> a sweater. <laughs> yes. Exercises in knitting, you know, practices should probably be limited to like four by four or six or six by six squares. That's much better for exercising. <laughs> but I, I'm already liking it better than I did. So we will definitely have to see how the final product turns out. I can't wait for it to be completely dry. 
and I'll attempt to wear it and get pictures of the final product posted on my Ravelry board. What else is going on in knitting? All right, so I feel super duper slow. I'm a slow knitter, I declare, if you haven't figured that out already. I'm not done with this shawl yet. I'm almost done. I'm like almost done. Like this skein of yarn is almost gone. It, I'm knitting sport weight on size fives, garter, garter stitch, so it's pretty fast. But there's been a million things going on in the last couple weeks while I wait for this start date to roll around. I'm trying to get a lot of stuff done in the house, but I really need to finish this. So the knit girls are harassing me. They want to know when I'm going to finish writing up the pattern. And I'm like, well, that's all well and good. I can write up the pattern, but I can't tell you what kind of yarn requirements I've got because I haven't actually finished it. So I don't know how much yarn <laughs> like is going to be in this final. Like it's too short so far. So I think I've got five or six inches left to knit on it which isn't a whole lot. It's like three repeats, but um, I mean, and they're super simple repeats, but I'm knitting it on the bias and it's growing by a stitch every two rounds. So it gets bigger and bigger and bigger as I go. Yeah, I started out with six stitches and I have well over 200 stitches on the needles now. It's just taking forever. Like it's just one row is so much longer than it was before. The worsted weight version is going to go so much faster. One, because it's worsted weight. And two, because I'm no longer learning how to knit this. I've already done it, right? So we'll see. So I'm still knitting on that. I'm really sorry to everyone that I haven't gotten that done. But that's like a two for one kind of finish. Once I figure out the yarn requirements for this, I should be able to easily calculate the yarn requirements for the next one and get them out there. But I also have to have a sample done in order to publish it, etc. So people know what it's going to look like, right? I'm pleased with it though. I, ooh, I'm yawning. Sorry. I am very pleased with it though. I'm super happy with my work. I love, I'm still loving the garter stitch. It's making me very happy. It's easy to do when the family's around or we're watching TV or whatever. So I'm happy, which is cool. I mean, Lord knows could be worse, right? All right. And then I told you before that I had knit the boy's socks down to the point of needing to kitchen with the toe and then I was done. And then I had this like super panicky thought like, why do these look so big? They're huge. Oh Lord, if they're too big for him, I'm going to be so disappointed and so upset. But thankfully they were not. So they're almost done and he'll be happy. He is really, I made him try them on again. And he's like, oh my God, these fit perfect. They feel so good. So that's awesome. He doesn't really have the opportunity to wear hand knit socks with the current work he's doing very often. So no big rush. It's like, that's horrible to say. But the boy's socks are my lowest priority right now. <laughs> He'll get them. He'll have them before Christmas. That's for sure. All right. What else have I got going on? Uh, 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 uh. Okay. In spinning. Yeah. Forgive that outburst. Sorry. <laughs> In spinning, I finished all of the singles for the Earthling. I've been debating on how I'm going to ply it, but I've decided that I'm going to ply it as a standard three ply. I have three bobbins full from the more than five ounces of fiber. And I decided to do a standard three ply because spinning on this half box wheel, it was really hard to maintain consistency between the bobbins. One, it is a single treadle wheel and I'm not used to that. It is like my hat boxes are the only, no, that's not true. It's one of the only wheels I have that have a single treadle. Now, more importantly, it does not have a variable ratio for speed. So if you want to spin faster, you can't just change the ratio. You have to treadle faster. So I have a pretty standard treadle speed 
that I've developed over the years, like what, eight years of spinning. And usually if I want to spin finer and faster, I just change the ratio, right? It doesn't work on this one. I have I had to concentrate on treadling faster and also concentrate on like slowing down the uptake, not the, not slowing down the uptake, but slowing down the speed with which I fed yarn onto the bobbin so that I would make sure I was getting a consistent amount of twist throughout the entire single. But I think it varied between each single. So I think the best way for me to get a balanced yarn and a consistent yarn out of it is to ply all three together. So we'll see how that goes and I'll let you know. Do do do. I have done no sewing, not a single bit of sewing. I, I finished cleaning these the office, <laughs> but I didn't get any sewing done. Um, I do plan in the next couple weeks to get my serger set up. My sewing machine has been set up for a while, but my serger is not. It's still in a box underneath the sewing table waiting to be set up. So I will have to get that set up for you and maybe do some test surging to see what condition that uh, piece of equipment is in. But that, my friends, is all I've got. I'm spinning my wheel. In this edition of All Spun Up, I am all spun up about brand cohesion. All right, that's a fib. I'm a little bit spun up about cohesive brand identities and the fact that mine is not. So when I started this little journey of podcasting and, you know, started knitting and all that stuff, I really did not think about brand identity at all, right? I put, well, I put quite a bit of effort in developing my theme and my logos and all that good stuff when it came to the podcast itself. But I didn't think about how that actually fit into my overall brand identity, right? Does that make sense? So around the same time, well, about six months earlier, I started a blog called Forever Handmade. Forever Handmade is a pretty darn solid brand. I actually have two trademarks related to Forever Handmade. I have the blog, like I own the URL, foreverhandmade.com. Um, some, someone tried to poach my identity on Etsy and I've let her, you know, just kind of run her course and we'll have to see how that ends up because I certainly had it before her and she has a similar, she's kind of in the knitting space. She knits baby goods. So hopefully when people go to find me online, they hit the link to my store or my blog from my profiles and don't just search me because she pops up. So one of the things I thought about a little bit was changing the name of the podcast to be cohesive, to like fall in line with the Forever Handmade brand. But that's not going to happen because too many people know me as Spin Control Podcast, right? So I think Spin Control Podcast is really just going to become a subsidiary of the Forever Handmade brand. And I'll probably make sure that I link to it from everything else that's Forever Handmade. And I guess I get it's it gets me all spun up because I'm annoyed with myself for not having the forethought to have fixed that. <laughs> I know. <sighs> it might seem silly, but for someone who's been in public relations for more than 20 years, I find it extremely annoying. And I would advise customers to change it. But can't do that because, well, I've gotten too much feedback from other people saying, no, 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 don't do it. Don't make a change. Don't switch the brand name because 
everybody has found you as Spin Control Podcast. All right. Well, that's what's got me all spun up this episode. Well, a little spun up. Not too badly, but (laughs) Uh, such is life. All right. Such is life. Well, it looks like it is time to spin off this episode of Spin Control. I didn't have too terribly much to say this time around. However, I wanted to make sure everybody was updated and that I got an episode in before I headed off to work because I'm going to have to redo my recording schedule because I'm used to being able to do this when the family's all at work and school and all that stuff. And if you uh, caught the last, a little piece of that last segment, um, I did dare to record while anybody was in the house. So we'll see how that goes in the future. I might have to like start locking myself, you know, taking 45 minutes, locking myself in the craft room so I can have the privacy I need to record, which is kind of how I used to do it. So it's not that big of a deal, right? All right. Thank you all so very much for tuning in. Thanks to everyone who joined me for the first time this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Following along with the theme of this episode, What's in a Name?, I know a girl named Bryn, and she just got married this past weekend. So in honor of her, and as a way to say congratulations, even though she will never hear this episode, uh, we are leading out with a song called Bryn by Vampire Weekend. I love it, and I hope you enjoy it. As always, you can get the details about this episode and all the past episodes at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at ajoyfulgirlmits at gmail.com. Catch me on Ravelry as a Joyful Girl. Follow me on Twitter as a Joyful Girl Maid. Or catch me on Instagram as Forever Handmade. Thanks again, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Ion displacement won't work in the basement, especially when I'm not with you. Here in the heartland of feeling so startling, I don't know what I should do. of all spun up I am all spun up about brand cohesion actually I'm a little bit spun up about cohesive brand identities hey 
Did you come back just to say goodbye to me because the boy guilted you? Little, little, little Lee. If you don't think that's going to make the cut, you're a fool. <laughs> Can I have a kiss goodbye or what? Mwah! I love you, baby. Ooh, that one was louder than the rest of them. Yes, yes, it was. I love you. I love you too. As you should. You're killing me. I love you. Doubt it. Okay.